What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. We're joined once again for the third time, third time, third time by Mar Sports Physio, Dr. Mara Grillo, aka Fettuccine Physio, so we nicknamed you last time. So last time we did one on ACL, which has kind of been your niche, right? You've quickly become mm -hmm. the ACL guru in the state of South Carolina. Uh, people coming from all over the place. A lot of people from Maryland for some reason too. Yeah. It's almost like we have this, this pipeline. I don't know where that came from, but hey, I'll take it. I appreciate yeah. it. But you've got that extensive tennis background, right? You grew up playing your whole life, played college tennis at College of Charleston, ranked what number in the world at your prime? What was it? Like top 250. Top 250, which which is pretty sweet, right? So that's because that's super super competitive worldwide type of thing. So you're the expert on the overhead athlete. You, we'll get into this a little bit, but you recently did a lecture that mm -hmm. I want to talk about for the University of South Carolina DPT program, which is really, really cool. But priorities. You, we talked about Greek food last time. You had said Grecian Gardens was probably the most authentic thing we have in Colombia. But today, you got a taste of Casey Greek food, Zesto's fried chicken. What do you think about it? Did it take you back to Cyprus? Sitting on the beach, eating some French fries, coleslaw? You know, Chicken wings. Not exactly, but it was really good. It was good. Okay, so give it a give it, it a plus. It was good. Yeah. All right. But it. But it, yeah, I wasn't quite in Cyprus. We're quite okay. Through that. Okay. So what if you if you were to open up a Zestos in Cyprus? Do you think you would kill it? Because there was no there was no tzatziki. There was no. There's no pita. pita. No tzatziki. No feta. Right. We need that good stuff. Okay. Gotcha. There's a lot of yeah. Gotcha. So sh shout out to Zesto's. So if you're from, if you're, if you've driven through Columbia area, Zesto's has the giant ice cream cone. But we love that place. It's local and really cool story. Gus Manos, the owner, he's first, gener first generation Greek, came over here with nothing and and built this chicken empire. So it's, it's really, really cool. He's like, he's like, he's like the dude from Breaking Bad without all the crime. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. So. Let's, so you recently did a lecture for third years? Third years, yeah. their, their last year, mm -hmm. right? So in addition to being a coach, an athlete, a physical therapist, you're now a part-time professor. You know, I do a lot of things. Wearing all the hats. Yeah. So I thought this would be a good opportunity while all this information was fresh on your mind. You, you, you got up to date. You can get me up to date on some things so I could learn from you like I always do. So um, what I figure is maybe we can just kind of dive into a few key points that kind of yeah. stood out for the overhead athlete maybe we can define what that is because people who aren't familiar people who aren't in the industry we think overhead might be literally thinking we're just taking a weight and pressing overhead but that's not exactly what it means so i think it'd be good to maybe we could define that and then possibly just jump into what you see from physical therapist standpoint in terms of people who are at risk for developing yeah. injury pain whatever it may mm -hmm. be we can just go from there Sounds good. Uh, firstly, I want to update our listeners that I am still Mara Aguirre, not Jones yet. Just wanted to give do, a little update. Did we did we talk about that last time about the engagement? We did. We did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, congrats again. I'm giving them okay, an Yes. Yes. So still, okay. so still Mara Aguirre, but gonna be Mara Jones. Mara Mara Aguirre Jones. Soon. Okay. Because they don't have middle names in Cyprus. That's not a no thing. No middle names. Mm -mm. Okay. Gotcha. So you're going to get up. You're going to get your own America's just super extra with that's everything, right. which why, is a good thing. That's probably <laughs> the best country in the world. <laughs> yeah. Back back in the day, back in the day, they used to call that patriotism, but now it's called xenophobia. No, but I'm I kidding. digress. I love America. <laughs> okay. So overhead athletes, um, we're talking about like tennis players, baseball pitchers, volleyball players, handball players, basketball players, so, like swimmers. Um, I think the it was a good lecture with that the DPT class. I think they never like got to like 
get any information on that. So I think that was um, that was really, really good. Um, so just straight off the back to start off with kind of listing some of the risk factors. Do we think that would be good? Yeah, heck okay. yeah, let's go for it. So biggest risk, thing risk factors see, for injuries for injury, in this population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, so biggest thing um, is the term called GERD, um, glenohumeral internal rotation deficit. Um, it used to be where GERD was a really, really bad thing for everyone and um, we had to address it and there was like definitions behind it. And now we're coming across to where like a lot of the overhead athletes, you are going to see a lot of internal rotation deficit due to that increase in external rotation that they need to provide like the best serve, the best pitch and whatnot. Um, so we talked a lot about that. Um, and I kind of, so definition for GERD is a loss of 20 degrees of internal rotation, right? Um, that is totally normal for overhead athletes. That's a normal adaptation that I would 100% expect them to have, um, just, you know, testing range of motion. Um, in fact, now GERD, like pathologic GERD is defined as a decrease in internal rotation as well as total rotational motion greater than five degrees compared to the non-dominant side. Um, so there's a non-throwing side. Um, so it's a lot more important to kind of be testing and measuring external rotation and internal rotation, adding those up and seeing what that comes out to be in comparison to the non-dominant side versus just seeing, okay, internal rotation is limited. Let me just crank on this to get more of internal rotation. You honestly may be doing more damage doing that because um, you're making kind of a more vulnerable joint, a vulnerable joint even more vulnerable by just cranking on something that does not need to be cranked on. That's, that's a really good point too because from my understanding, the, the, literally the shape of the humerus, the upper arm bone, it, it, it turns into a spiral for mm -hmm. all intents and purposes, right? So that will contribute a lot to that, that throwing arm, that serving arm, having tons of ER being able to go way back, but not as much going the other direction. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like you said, that is normal, but people will try to crank on that and you're just, you're either spinning your wheels or whatever's given yeah. ain't gonna, ain't, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not gonna be that joint capsule, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's yeah. a big problem there. So I think, it's, I think it's really important for people to realize that literally the shape of the bones change when people grow up doing this thing from an early age. And um, so my follow-up question with that is, is there a way to determine during an assessment how much of this might actually be coming from a person's bony anatomy with literally the shape of the ball and or the socket versus all the soft tissues around it, muscles, joint capsule, maybe even ligaments, things of that yeah. nature. Yeah, so um, first things first, uh, assess, like I, I, told, I told them this so many times in the class, um, assess, don't assume. So um, assessing the posterior capsule, you can do it in a couple ways. The first way, just a, like an A to P mobilization, just to assess how much room there's in there. Um, and then of course, remember, you're not going straight down because the scapula's in the scapula plane, so you want to go a little bit posterior laterally. Um, otherwise, you'll just get a false bony end feel and mm -hmm. you'll think it's tight, but it's not actually. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first way to do it. And you're always, again, comparing side to side. Second way to do it is um, using the Tyler test. Um, so to explain that is um, you're basically, you have them on their side, you're holding down um, lateral border of the scapula just to make sure that's not coming up. And then you're bringing their arm at 90 degrees of reduction and then kind of letting that arm humerus kind of hang over and seeing how far how far over the humerus can go um ideally um i think parallel to the floor is what like ideally what that's considered normal but again testing side to side seeing 
how it compares to the other side too. So no. basically it's like, it's almost like you're sort of laying on your side and putting your patient in almost like a crossbody type position. Yes. Stabilizing yes. the scapula, mm -hmm. kind of letting gravity do the work. Mm -hmm. So you're saying both, in some instances, both sides could pass that test, right? Both could, the arm, the humerus could drop below parallel, but maybe the affected one doesn't drop as much. Yeah. So that could still be meaningful. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So if that test does end up being positive, and you think that that information is relative and something that you're going to work on, try to treat, try to change, what's, what's your approach typically going to be? Can you For just... If it's actually posterior tightness? Great, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so joint mobs, mobilizations are a great start for that. Um, and then um, another thing I like to do, and I know this is kind of a little controversial. Some people like it, some people Ooh, do, don't. Controversy. Sleeper stretch. Sleeper what stretch. Do you think? Uh, give me your thoughts first. All right. I like it if it's done correctly. So I think a lot of people don't do it correctly and it actually ends up hurting them, um, which I think then it's not a, not a good thing, obviously. So but what's, I think what's correct, you, what's incorrect? So, yeah. So for the sleeper stretch, um, I think a lot of people will go like on their side, like on their shoulder, um, straight on the shoulder. Whereas ideally you wanna kind of go on your shoulder and then roll back to where you're on like that lateral board of the scapula um, and kind of, so it's you're partially on the scap. You're not all the way on your back. You're not all the way on your on your side, but you're just a little bit rolled back to where the lateral border is kind of on the on the mm -hmm. table. Um, and then when you are pressing down, we're only trying to get like small, small, small changes. So you don't need to push down super, super hard. It's a mild stretch. I think a lot of people will push so hard to where it's like painful. Um, so I just tell people mild intensity. Do hold 30 seconds for a few reps. Um, and again, we're just trying to get a little bit of an increase each time. Um, so I think those two are my biggest ones. Yeah, I I, I agree I, I with a lot of those key points. So just bigger picture, I honestly don't think that there's any particular movement or exercise that's bad. I think there's time place. Yeah. We, you know, like we talk about ACLs, about getting people intentionally in the valgus position and that sort of thing. And when it comes to the sleeper stretch, I think the rumor, the history is that People were cool with that until Mike Reinald wrote an article saying it was bad. And then people were like, oh shit, it's bad. Let's not do it anymore. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of how it went, which is really interesting reflection of how things are in, in this PT world of societies because yeah. somebody can write a blog post and that carries way more weight than a, a randomized yeah. clinical tri yeah. trial or yeah. something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, like you said, I, I, there, there, may, there may even be a time and a place where you might want somebody on the shoulder. I, I do like yeah. you do. I, I, I get them off the shoulder, roll them back a little bit. And I, 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 we use this for red athletes. I use it a lot for our CrossFitters when they need that internal rotation for the snatch pull. Mm -hmm. You know, we try to get usually at least 70 degrees or as much as we can get if it's there's a discrepancy. But yeah, with that, I will I will get a I will do pails and rails out of that right where they're working up to a, a max intensity isometric hold and then fighting for more range and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I might not prescribe them that for home because if I don't trust the patient to yeah. to not crank on it because mm -hmm. I, I agree there's probably for most people there's probably not. A lot of room for error you can quickly get into an impingement type yeah. position where it just hurts and then blows yeah. up the shoulder but yeah, things like anything else there's a time to place for it. it's contextual whenever it serves a purpose so yeah yeah i think it's a good i think it's a good movement yeah like I, I use it too so mm -hmm. um yeah i think it's good too yeah I was, i'm glad you brought that up that was actually a good good talking point yeah there. Okay. um yeah i mean those are my two major ones um like a cross-body adduction stretch 
um, and then loading it up in that range too, um, whether that's through like Cubans press or stuff that target internal rotation a little bit more. The Cuban press, I like that. So I would also say too, because when you think about that that posterior capsule, I mean, and that tighter test, I mean, it's, it's testing capsule, but it's also testing, testing the, the, things, the muscles yeah. and the other tissues that kind of blend into it together. So, but that is one of those tests to where you can get really quick intra-sessional change. Like you can basically just take the tire test and just push on the arm five times and it's gonna go down and then you can set the patient, look, we yeah. changed this. <laughs> now we gotta figure out how to lock that in. And yeah. so like you mentioned, loading into loading it. Up, so yeah. what would step two be? What would your strategy be at that point? Yeah, loading it, like exercise to load it up. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, the, the Cuban's press, I like it because internal yeah, rotation. Yeah. Banded, um, internal rotation, zero degrees, 45, 90 degrees. Um, like, did you like just cross yeah, body like diagonals stuff. and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean all cool. of that. Yeah, cool. everything works, right? Yeah. You know, it's the goal is just to improve that range <laughs> yeah. of motion. Just that's why you assess, right? Assess, don't assume. I thought you always said, don't assume. assume. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I was trying to mimic it, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think that that's where the assessment piece comes in because everything works. There's a million ways to treat this kind of stuff, and and yeah, so good suggestions. Yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. really good key points for people who are new with this population because I think also think that we're especially the baseball players i don't agree with it but these kids are starting at a super young, young age playing year round getting burnt out you know parents yeah. that are super crazy and and blah, blah blah that kind of stuff but anyways you know while we're on that topic, yes i don't i i agree with the sense that you should put your kids to play a lot of like a lot of sports but if they love one thing like one sport and that's their dream their goal i also think that they do need to dedicate the majority of their time doing that Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that works and for I you. Know, I know a lot of people don't like keep them, you know, playing a lot of things till they're older, but I do think to get, to make it, it's, things are so competitive right now, like to make it to that top level, maybe not from when they're five, but, but even from when they're teenagers, like they, I do think they need to go all in if they want to make it at that level. I actually have a question about okay. that. Gonna, but I, but we'll come, I want to come back to that because okay. I want to get your thought. No, that was actually, no, that was a good, that was a good okay. point because I know that clearly worked. That's how you grew up. You grew up playing tennis. Yeah. Right? Amongst yeah. some other sports too, right? But yes. And, and of course you can be intelligent about it and, you know, maybe during the off season stuff, maybe there's other types of training you do that complement yeah. your sport. But I'm going to go back to these baseball kids, okay, okay. right? Because because <laughs> here's the thing. There are there are so many young teenagers that can throw 90 mile per hour fastball, but by the time they graduate high school, that number dwindles so much because they're all hurt, right? Yeah, it's a game of attrition, least, right? Yeah. So the, it's like any other sport, the cream of the crop, the ones that can last, those are ones that are going to make it to the next level. Next level. The other ones, a lot of time, aren't going to happen just because of injury, right? That's mm -hmm. what it is. But what I was saying, though, is this information we have so far, like the big key component about, you know, someone has that, that changes those changes with their bony anatomy the kids and their parents are they already know this stuff a lot of times they come to the clinic so if you're saying hey there's this huge discrepancy between sides we need to crank on this thing you're gonna look like an idiot and kids not gonna come back they're gonna go to somebody else that has just minimal experience so i think these points can be very very useful for yeah. a clinician mm -hmm. but now to get back to that other point you're making about your thoughts about you know kids playing yeah. the certain sport year-round so big broad question so is the throwing motion because I think throwing is more violent than serving is, right? Just the amount yeah, of extra oh rotation yeah. It's more, it's like, yeah. So is, is is throwing, is throwing a baseball, is it healthy? Is it healthy for the shoulder? I think it depends okay. on how many okay. times, on how, like, repetition, like, are we talking about throwing, like, 
a hundred pitches every day <laughs> or like you know I think it depends because I yeah I think throwing like so many um, isn't healthy but I also think having someone that doesn't know how to throw is also not healthy it depends that's that's a that's a that's a good uh, political answer you should you should run for mayor Casey yeah. yeah you could just you could just answer that every single time <laughs> no. I, I would say I would say I would say point blank the act of throwing is not healthy for the shoulder. I would say it's unhealthy. And we have to recognize that, accept it, and then be able to figure out ways to allow people to do it for a certain amount of times, right? Because I think we only have a finite amount of throws in our body and you have to, that's why we have pitch counts. That's why we have arm care and things of that nature. And I know we could probably do an episode about this with Josh and he could probably elaborate oh, yeah. a lot more. And so again, I'm not saying that somebody comes in and say, you shouldn't throw, I would never say that, right? I want to help you get to the next level and you know make, make big MLB baseball money. But I also want to make sure that you're taking care of your shoulder as yeah. well too, so that you can yeah. do this as long as possible. But yeah, the reality is you just can't do it forever, right? You know, we see that again, we talk about the bony changes that occur. So um, I am of the belief that it is inherently an unhealthy motion and we have to learn how to manage it and that tends to take a holistic approach and obviously pitching you know is a whole body movement right there's a lot of implications all the way from the toes up to the shoulder that sort of thing but that's just my thoughts my opinion yeah. but i like yours too right i think it's good to have opposing pins and again like you said you know year-round sports work for some people i i don't think it works for a lot especially maybe in the baseball world I think it's you know we've seen that a lot of athletes tend to last longer whenever they have a little more diversity and some skills carry over into other sports and that sort of thing but um, yeah it's not yeah. exact science yeah you know? yeah and the pendulum tends to swing in each direction right so for a couple years ago James Andrews John Smoltz had a ton of teaming up together about telling athletes to play multiple sports and they might still be yeah. doing that and I, don't get me wrong I think that's like I grew up playing soccer or the real football, uh, running, playing tennis, playing. We had a bunch of sports that like different sports, and I like I appreciate that because I my like what is it, foot eye coordination. Hand eye coordination. No, what about foot like, eye coordination? Foot eye foot coordination. coordination. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, no, like, right. just yeah. my just like I can like oh let's go play soccer. Yes, I can do that. Like I feel confident doing that. Mm -hmm. Let's go play like a racket sport. Yes, like mm -hmm. I can do that. And that like I attribute that to the fact that I did grow up playing a lot of water sports but once I got not even to the teenage level I would say like 12 years old or thir maybe okay 13 14 years old it was like if you really want to make it to the top like you need to you need to focus in on what you're trying to, to go for yeah and, and I think that I think that age right you talked about around like that 12 year old I think that actually you and I are kind of Is in agreement what? right okay. we're sort of meeting in the middle there because again these kids, they're starting. They're starting at five years old, yeah. playing yeah, year okay. round, That's, right? Yeah. We're traveling. We're traveling this weekend. <laughs> That's pretty young. I didn't the coach, do that the coach at the local high school said, "My boy ain't gonna be able to play unless he starts playing year round." Yeah. Right now, you know, there's a lot of suckers out there, yeah. right? And the fact is, if you're good, you're good, right? And that's all. If you win, yeah. you win. Doesn't matter when you started. So, um, but yeah. I did ballet too when I was five. Did you? Uh -huh. Did you? Can you? You still? For can like you still? Two years. It was the worst thing ever. Was it really? I think I was. I mean, I. I enjoyed it at the time, but I like you know how I am now. Can you imagine me doing ballet? No, heck no. My, my, my little girl, my little girl did it. One, no, she did it oh, one fall, not? and she was like, "I don't want to do this anymore, her. Daddy." So we we're, we got her in gymnastics, and now she's about to start some MMA stuff. So that's nice. what I prefer. Because I want her to be able to defend herself and you know punch yeah. boys in the face yeah. whenever they start giving her a hard time. So I'm I all about that. That's a great yeah. idea. Cool. <laughs> Mar, this is great. I think we packed a lot of really good information. I know we could probably talk about a lot of a lot of other aspects, but I think it was probably really good just hit on a couple key points in terms of the assessment and the treatment because 
I mean, if you if you nail those two things down, the rest of it's probably going to be easy, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, MSP Mara Sports Physio. I know that's where they can find you, right? You're you're at Mara Sports Physio on, on all the socials, right? That's everything, isn't it? Or is it just Instagram? I, I don't know. Okay, just Instagram. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I don't think I have any, any future socials Mara decides to sign <laughs> up for, it's probably Mars the metaverse is probably going to be MSP yes. Mara Sports Physio in the future. Um, anything else? Um, still training for the marathon in November. November yes. 12th. Yes, so you, oh, hey, this is actually a good side note, right? Um, so you're training for it. You recently self-treated and rehabbed your own injury, right? I did. Talk about that. Uh, the worst. I'm actually doing a lot better. Good, good. Um, thanks for asking. <laughs> how are you doing with your, how, how are your shin splints, more? <laughs> Brandon actually rehabbed my shin splints. Uh, they're doing so much better. Um, I listened to what you told me. So I, uh, I took some time off. I did um i loaded them up i did some kneeling on the shin bone so like all that pecking and i actually did it on myself because i periosteal pecking yeah, yeah mm -hmm. cool um uh, did a bunch of bfr and then slowly reintroduced running um just to where i'm like not feeling like that achy deep feeling of the shin splints during or like a lot after um and yeah. you said so you said you you took time off so you you, you so you basically subbed you subbed running for yeah, oh, cycling yeah. right yeah i did yeah. so i did a bunch of cycling and swimming which was actually nice because i do like swimming now are you um, have you gotten good at it are you gonna, are you gonna sign up for that ironman i don't know yet okay just do it one day one day I will, once, once you sign up and pay the thousand dollars it costs to do that you're not you're, going you're, yeah, you're not, there's no <laughs> yeah. going back because there's no refunds yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's doing good. Um, I'm running again. I'm gonna run two hours on the weekend, so Sweet. that'll be a good tester. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Um, God, there's another point I was gonna make with that, but I'm having a brain fart right now. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I know that there's also some controversy, I guess you would call it, maybe about how much time to take off, and that's not exact or, science oh, either. Time, when yeah. someone when someone comes in with a bony yeah. stress injury, however mild on the milder side, mm -hmm. it's like how much time do you take off? And my suggestion was what seven to ten days yeah. at the most. And I, I mean, I didn't take it that much off because it was doing better. Um, and like we talked about, like I started running on it, and as as long as like during the running, it was like maybe a one out of 10 and then after I wasn't getting that deep achy feeling, then I was like, okay, that's like the green flag for me. So I started a little like, I actually did a little run like three or four days after, it, but, it, it, but it worked, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's beneficial because the, the, the sooner you can introduce that stress to that bone in the appropriate amount, right? So that sort of that acceptable amount of discomfort, we're sort of nudging into mm -hmm. it. That's how you get positive change, right? Because end of the day, that's how we adapt to everything is stress, right? It's the right amount of stress, yeah, we grow, yeah, exactly. we get stronger, The too much stress, we break down essentially. Exactly. So it's about trying to figure out that balance yeah. and having those guidelines. Yeah. That's so hard that's a for good concept. Me, so it's hard for us all. It's hard for us all for sure. I did well on this time around. Yeah. Myself <laughs> yeah, that was good. So, uh, date of the marathon is when? November 12th. All right, it's coming up sooner than you think. Right, I know. So I know. I know. I'm excited. Yeah, you're going to crush it. We're we'll going to set a PR. See. Is this a Boston qualifier? It is. I don't know. If what I'll do you have to hit for it? 3.30. Oh, you got that. You got 3.30. I don't know. I think I. that's an eight minute pace. I think 8.15 is more comfortable for me. So we'll see. All right. All right. I got you. Just you know, save a little bit for a push we'll for the yeah, last five miles. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after 21. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Mar. Thank you again you're for welcome. your time today. For the rest of you out there, for my sand lappers, my South Carolina peeps, this is a renewal year. That's what we call South Carolina sand lappers. I'll tell you the story about that later. Um, it's a renewal year. 
you're gonna need your CEUs before December 31st coming up in three months. So check out that that Medbridge discount we have. Uh, the discount code is BetterFasterPod. It is the best discount Medbridge offers. South Carolina has that stupid new requirement where you gotta get three hours of ethics, jurisprudence, whatever else falls in that category. And you can take that, take care of that and the rest of your CEUs for that matter with the Medbridge account. Be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the podcast, share this with your friends or family if you got something useful out of it. This is Better Faster Podcast. We're out. Give me the rage and let me run, cause I ain't never had too much fun.